Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. Today is April 15th, 2020. And if you're listening to this on the release day in California, we are about three weeks in to quarantine because of COVID-19. So let me ask you a question. Do you find yourself feeling more confined this week? Do you find that you're a little more agitated than normal this week? Do you find that maybe you're a little bit more emotional than normal this week? These are all normal feelings. And from what I've seen um, in my own household, as well as from texts and phone calls from friends, there's a little bit of unraveling that's happening in relationships this week, which is exactly why I invited Arjuna O'Neill on the show today. Arjuna is a friend. He's also a coaching client, and he is a mindfulness expert and coach. Now, I have to tell you, this is going to be part one of a two-part series. In this episode, you will walk away with some really powerful tools to help you get through quarantine a little bit easier and with a lot more peace in your life and probably for your family's life. Arjuna packs a lot of great information and wisdom and tools into the show. So the show is longer than normal. It's about an hour. Usually we go somewhere between 30 to 45 minutes. But I really invite you to find a quiet space by yourself where you can really take in and soak in this episode. And just know that the information in this episode applies whether we're in the middle of COVID or whether you're listening to this six months, a year, or two years from now, you can still use all of the powerful tools that Arjuna talks about to really bring mindfulness to your life. So this is part one. And next week, you'll hear Arjuna's powerful personal story, where he goes from being on the streets of Detroit to being pronounced dead at the hospital upon arrival due to a gunshot wound. And how that experience completely changed his perspective, his life, his choices in life, and his mindset. His story is a story of survival, strength, and love that you will definitely not want to miss. But for now, I invite you to listen in as Arjuna helps us with Mindful Quarantine. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Arjuna, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad to have you on the show. And I am really excited for my audience to listen and to learn and to just take in all the goodness that you have to offer them today. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Natalie. It's a pleasure and an honor. Aww. So Arjuna, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I have been teaching mindfulness and meditation for the past 10 years. Recently, I started working in schools, public schools. I've worked in universities. I work with corporations where I bring mindfulness practices and tools as a way to alleviate stress, combat different anxieties, different limiting beliefs and narratives that we have about ourselves. And then just a year ago, I was uh, recognized by the Los Angeles Police Department, where I've used my mindfulness curriculum to work with the officers to deal with stress and anxiety as well. And I was nominated as a ambassador of peace for the city of Los Angeles. You know, I... It's why, it's why you're here today, because first of all, we met about a year ago, and 
you know, we'll, I'll talk a little bit actually in another episode about our story and how we met and um, because it's really interesting. But um, I have been coaching you as a coaching client. But I, on another episode, I really am going to dive in and I can't wait for you to share your personal story with my audience. But you know, what you're doing is so important. It was so important pre-COVID you know, we are in the midst of a global pandemic. We are, I don't even know what day of quarantine we're on at this point. Um, I've lost count, but I don't know. I think it's day 20 or 24 or 857. I don't know. But, you know, the work you were doing prior to COVID, you know, we were seeing students and adults with high anxiety, high depression, you know, people living this insane, busy lifestyle and, you know, just people being super stressed out. And then obviously everything has come to a halt. And now we are in the midst of this global pandemic and people are stressed out and freaking out and having anxiety and having depression. And people are going through a whole host of emotions. And it's really why I wanted to bring you on the show, because I think you have so much value to bring to people um, with your message and your learnings. And we're going to go through an exercise today to really help people through this trying time. So I'm really, really grateful and thankful that you're here today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Natalie. I, and I just want to back up and touch something that you shared that I feel is essential to what I'm able to do and how I'm able to show up in the world and give back in this way. And you mentioned that you're my coach. And no different than what I'm going to share here, having someone to reflect and put my own personal narratives and stories and the things and my challenges on the table and have someone mirror that back and help me see where my limiting beliefs or my shortcomings may pop up and give me the opportunity to rewrite this narrative has been the game changer. And to also have access to a coach at a time like this, it's imperative. I feel in my own personal growth. So, you know, for me to sit here and share the tools that I'm getting ready to share, I just would like to invite all the listeners and the audience to hear this information from a space of, as if you were reaching out to a coach on how to quarantine in the most effective and healthy way, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So. That way, what happens is when you give yourself this type of permission, you know, when we're talking about mindfulness and we're talking about being mindful while you're quarantining, what happens is it's easy in these confinements of our homes, or some of us are in apartments, some of us are, you know, in tight spaces, you know, our guards are up, you know, our guards are up, our defenses are up, we're already uncomfortable. So I just, no, for me, I like to encourage myself. I like to prep myself mentally and emotionally to receive new information because we're already being bombarded with so much information. And it's to the point where we don't know what's real, what's true, who to trust and who to believe, let alone the story that we have about ourselves already. Right. So on top of all that and trying to pack all that together, make it make sense. It's a challenge. So one of my sayings to myself is, becoming your own best cheerleader, right? And, well, how does that work? So usually when you think about a cheerleader, you think about sports or you think about a game. And if there's a game, there's players. And if there's players, there's a coach. So how can you be your own best coach in this moment? And how do you create the container or the awareness around that? No, I, I couldn't have said it better. I really, I mean... I think you summed it up well. And like I said, I, I just know everything that you not only have to share, but just where you come from and um, the intention that you have behind sharing the information. It's just, it all comes from such a wonderful place of goodness and love and just kindness and good spirit. And you know what? You just make people happy to be in your presence. And you know, just hearing your voice and hearing you share things with 
me, you know, even though I've been your coach, you know, you've shared things with me that have helped me personally learn and grow. And that's why I wanted to have you on today. So first things first, before we actually get into the the exercise that you're going to be sharing with the audience, quick question is, you know, how did you come into this type of work? Oh, <laughs> yeah, without giving you the actual number of my age, 20 years ago, um, yeah, 20 years ago to this month, April 28th of 2000, I was fatally shot in the femoral artery. You know, I was living a completely different lifestyle, completely different awareness, just in a completely different consciousness. And I was fatally shot at gunpoint close range. And the bullet severed my femoral artery where I bled out and arrived at the hospital dead on arrival. And that whole situation made the news. And someone saved that that clipping, the video of that. And when I got, when I made it through recovery, I was paralyzed for a year. And before, you know, I could really even digest what happened, I saw this, this clip of what happened. And that clip, seeing my, my body being taken from a crime scene, if that's what you want to call it, on a gurney, and then to be able to touch myself and feel my body. It changed everything about life for me. It changed my perspective. It changed my awareness. It changed the way I even see the way I breathe down to the most minute thing, the way I look at people, you know, the way I speak to people, which we'll all experience on this, this podcast. Yeah, Arjuna, your, your story is one like I've never heard before. It's powerful. It's scary. It's sad. But I think the most powerful part of your story is the transition that you made and now what you're doing. And we're actually going to have a part two to this podcast because the power of your mindset that you had during that time and the awareness that you were able to the personal awareness that you were able to take from that experience is unlike anything I've ever heard of. I, I don't even have words for it. It's amazing. And I I can't wait to share that and for you to share that with the audience on our next episode. So more to come there. Um, but I appreciate you sharing that with people because it really does give context to your intentions and the feelings and the belief behind your work, which I feel even in my own work is so important. You know, it's you're living this. You're not just out being a teacher and then going home and not living this lifestyle. I mean, what you're teaching and what you're helping people to learn is something that you completely embody for yourself and you are living on a daily basis. So more to come on that. And um, again, thank you for, for being here. So kind of give us a, a little uh, preface of what you're going to be sharing with everyone today. Yeah, it's actually, <laughs> it's no, no, I don't believe in coincidences, but it's actually interesting that that experience 20 years ago, how it's totally relevant to what I'm going to share now with just the environment that we're in as far as the fear, the unknown, right? Wondering if you're going to live. That was my experience. I lived that. And so I thought about how can I take the trauma, the experience, because we all have moments in our lives where we can consider them to be traumatic or devastating. And I know it's easier said than done, but there's always something victorious about that moment if you are still here. And so I was sitting, just to give you guys a little more context, I'm quarantining with my mother and my sister. So <laughs> I'm reliving my childhood, mm -hmm. right? And 
now I get to look back at all the events in my life that led up to when I was the 19-year-old that got shot. What were the choices? What was the conversation? What was the programming? What was passed on through mom and dad? You know, what were the belief systems? What were the value systems? All those things are relevant. And they all play a part in the situations that we're in right now. If you're home with a family, if you're home with your lover, your partner, or if you're at home alone and it's just you, the things that I'll be sharing are focused on the individual, on the self. They say it all starts within. And how I made it to where I am now, that was my journey. That has been my journey. That still is my journey, is looking at self first. And so being here with my mother and sister, I get to ask myself all these questions about what that was like, right? I start with self and I journal, I, I take notes. So I take time to myself. And sometimes it's not easy if you're with people in the home. So I, I'm very big on communication, you know, knowing how to communicate. And they say one of the most important pieces to communication is being able to listen, right? Being able mm -hmm. to be a good listener. And to add to that, something that I learned through studies and taking trainings is that when we listen, we don't just listen with our ears, we listen with our emotional awareness as well. Mm -hmm. So you not only hear, but you feel. And so I always ask when I need that space to really go within myself, I always ask my mom and my sister, you know, I communicate that. I just need a moment to really, you know, look at some things, reflect, and then I bring that back to the space and then we, we have a dialogue you know, and we talk. So the information that I'll be sharing as I share it with you, think about yourself first, right? Think about where you are. Even noticing what comes up for you as you listen to this podcast, see where the mind goes. Invite all of it in, but don't make judgment. You know, just, just observe. One of the biggest things that have helped me during this quarantine time is just being a, a, an observer, trying to be a master at observing what's happening within myself, what's happening around me, and noticing what comes up. What does it feel like? What does it feel like in my body? How does it make me feel mentally? How does it make me feel emotionally? But just because I feel these things, or I'm experiencing these things, I do also know too, based on my experience and what happened to me 20 years ago, that Things change, but what actually helps the change is the conversation that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So while we're doing this podcast, you know, Natalie, there are things that you'll share with me, things I'll share with you, right? And some of it can be super uh, inspiring, encouraging, impactful. And some of it can trigger you. Regardless of it inspires you or triggers you, the real impact, the real, the real journey is what's the conversation that you're having with yourself in this moment? I completely, I, I completely agree with you. And, and a couple of things. One is, I love what you said about listening. You know, I always tell my clients, I think listening in general is really so, it's the most vital portion of communication. And so many people put so much um, effort on speaking well and learning how to communicate well, but listening is so important. And I always tell people, you know, we have, you know, we have two ears and one mouth and they should be used in that ratio. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we, you know, we should be listening twice as much as we should be talking, especially in crucial conversations, especially in, in difficult conversations. And, um, the other thing that you mentioned is just, you know, around people getting triggered and also not having judgment around what's coming up for people. I mean, I, I know I've talked to friends, I've talked to married friends, I've talked to single friends, I've talked to clients, and, you know, everyone is struggling right now. Everyone is with something. They're either struggling with being quarantined with teenagers or with a spouse that is usually mostly out of the house during the day. They're either in tight quarters physically 
or, you know, people are quarantining alone as well. And they just are missing that human contact. And, and there's a lot of emotions that are coming up for people. And, and then we get back to the whole comparison game, right? Of people comparing themselves. You know, I have a friend who's a single mom who was posting how difficult her journey's been because she has a a three-year-old and, you know, her three-year-old wants to play all the time and is making a mess of the house and is watching Frozen for the 486th time. And, you know, she doesn't have any help. She doesn't have any support. And, you know, it's it's tough. But then she's seen other people that are cleaning closets and organizing and cooking gourmet meals. And she's like, I don't have time to do that. And so people start getting into comparison and they start judging where they're at in this whole journey. And, you know, a lot of people are fearful too, and they're judging themselves about their fears. And I I just think judgment is such a, it's so rampant right now. I mean, I think it was rampant before, but I think it's even more rampant right now with people judging themselves of what other people are doing in quarantine and everything that they're accomplishing that they're not. And, you know, I just think we really need to give ourselves grace and just really acknowledge what's coming up for us and how our thoughts affect our feelings and how our feelings affect our actions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, (laughs) interesting as I'm listening to you share, I just wanted to put this in the space as well. Despite the, various degrees and, and, and levels to this. I'm considered through certificates and training a mindfulness expert, you know, but with all that being said, in this time, I'm being, all of that's being challenged, all that's being questioned. My sister works in the medical field, so she's of high demand. She's actually worked with people. She works with patients. Now, she doesn't work directly with patients who have been exposed to the virus, but just like you said, leaving the house all day and coming back, right? I'm here. My mom's here. And my mom doesn't have the best health. And so there's room for everything to fall apart. There's room for chaos. There's room for questioning. There's room for judgment. But at the same time, this is my family. This is, and this is my sister's home, you know, um, and this is her means of survival. So mm-hmm. taking all that into consideration, I put together a mindful quarantine blueprint for myself. It was for self first, because one thing that we're going to learn on this during this time is that if you can't do these things for self first, how are you going to do it for the person? next to you or the friend that's calling or the relative that's calling, right? If you can't hold that awareness, that love, that non-judgment, that non-criticism for self, it's going to be extremely challenging for you to share that with someone else. And it's no different than the concept when you get on a plane, right? When they go through the whole safety rule. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of times we're like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it's, now it's more true than ever. If you can't, first thing they tell you, right? Put your mask on first before you put the help the person next to you. And so I decided to create something that I know that I am able to really practice. And all of these tools and practices that I'll be sharing, they're not easy. Right? They're not easy. But they definitely make the situation a lot more graceful a lot more loving, and it makes things practical and it makes things tangible, which gives me room to really, again, look at myself, see where I can make adjustments, see where I can soften up, you know, see where I can, especially being a man, right, with two women, and let's just be real, you know, there's the hormones, there's that time of the month, all these things are playing a factor, and how do I a physically fit man who works out five days a week normally, well, now I'm working out in the garage, very active, strong. How do I embody a certain balance between the testosterone and that masculine energy in a way where it doesn't overpower the feminine, you know, that softer energy that's in the home and there's a chaos. So, you know, a place that I'd like to start first, you know, before I even get into a deeper dive of tools is just 
I told myself, you know, a lot of times we overlook the things that are right in front of us that we can just find gratitude for. And very simple. So I said, hey, think about your breath, Arjuna. The fact that you can breathe, that you can take a breath at any moment, which resets the nervous system, which allows you to be aware of what's coming up for you. Um, a lot of times we forget, you know, because breath is automatic. But then not just breathing, but actually being aware of your breath, intentional breathing, or what they call it, mindful breathing, where you mentally are aware that you're taking a deep breath, where you fill up the diaphragm, and you slowly inhale, slowly exhale. Because now you get to reset your nervous system. And as you're breathing, you can ask yourself, how am I feeling? What's coming up for me? The next thing I'd say, the fact that I have eyes, the fact that I can see. Hearing, I can hear. I actually have movement. The fact that I have a home to even quarantine in, you know, mm -hmm. between Los Angeles and New York, I have the highest homeless rate. You know, there are a lot of people that aren't fortunate enough to be able to quarantine in, in, in a safe space. Uh, the fact that there's food in the refrigerator. You know, I'm able to eat healthy foods. The fact that I have clean water, you know, jokingly enough, but in a serious moment, I have toilet paper, you know, <laughs> the little things, right? I have toilet paper too. I hoarded some. <laughs> yeah. So like j just starting right there, just setting myself up for the actual dive of being in this quarantine is where can I find gratitude with just the things in me right here, right now? You know, because just shifting that that attitude into a state of gratitude, you don't go into the situation as, oh, my God, why is this happening to me? It's more of like, thank God I'm in a position to deal with this challenge in a way that most people are struggling with. Of course, we're all struggling with across the globe. But I mean, like I said, we have people that are homeless. We have people that don't even have food. Mm -hmm. We have people that are alone and isolated, you know, where no one knows what's really going on. So just being able to find gratitude, you know, if you're with a family, thank God, right? Even if they get on your nerves, you know, you have someone that loves you, even if it's not always loving in that moment, but so much to be grateful for. So just bringing the attitude of gratitude into your awareness in this very moment. The fact that you can actually hear this podcast, thank God, you know, I agree. Something that's coming through that is adding value to your moment right now. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think gratitude is so important during these times. And um, going back to breath work too, you know, I'm not someone that, you know, and I'll just be honest, I'm not someone that typically practices breath work very frequently. Um, it hasn't been part of my my daily practice. But it's interesting because I have been more aware. I catch myself when I'm watching the news. I'll catch myself actually holding my breath. And then I realize like, oh, I haven't actually taken a deep breath for a while. And then when I step away from the news, I, you know, I'll take a couple deep breaths and I'll really just realize how much it affects me physically. You know, just the constant barrage of the bad news and the chaos and the fear. And, you know, it really does affect me physically. And I think just having that mind-body connection and awareness is so important. Yeah. And, and, and just to bring the, the, the concept or the idea of awareness into this moment, some of us may not even understand or know what mindful breathing is. So I would like to invite us all in this moment to take three mindful breaths together. Let's do so it. So what I'll do is I'll cue the inhale and we'll breathe together and just notice where you are before we start the breathing. Notice what comes up while we do the breathing and then notice where you are after the sex. Because I believe in everything that I create for myself, I like to find the most practical and tangible tools that I can take away right now, especially in these times. We don't have time. A lot of us don't have that time to go research something for 30, 40 minutes, you know. So giving the tangible, accessible tools is really how I design this mindful quarantine because I know a lot of us are under the gun or the pressure so we'll take a slow inhale i always close my eyes but however you feel best to do it eyes open eyes closed 
I know when I close my eyes, it allows me to really tune in more into what's coming up for me energetically and emotionally. So we'll inhale slow. Hold it. Slowly exhale. Inhale slow. Filling up the belly. Exhale slow. Inhale slow, filling up the belly. Hold it. And slowly exhale. And just notice for a second what happens. And the beautiful thing about this, this is accessible to you at any moment. Now, the fun part is being able to remember that this practice is accessible to you at any moment. <laughs> it's true. I need to do it more often. I need to listen to you more, Arjuna. <laughs> well, you know, I'll say this. I listen to everything that you share with me. And so that helps me <laughs> stay on point with my practice. Oh, um, <laughs> I think you're, you're holding me accountable right there. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. No, no, look, no judgment. <laughs> We're just noticing. I'm picking <laughs> up. I'm picking up what you're putting down, my friend. You know, so in the work that I do within the public school systems, uh, working with kids uh, from K through 12, uh, we see a lot of what we see today, right? As adults, it starts in our childhood, and so one way I thought. You know, how can we create more preventative measures? You know, mm -hmm. I feel like we as a society, even with this whole situation, we address things after the fact, right? And it's a lot harder to, to fix things once it becomes a problem. And so I thought, well, hmm, how can we create tools and practices that can help our children to become more healthier adults, you know, when they grow up. And so I created a program called How to Create a Mindful Learning Environment, which this quarantine exercise is built on these um, four fundamentals, and I'll share them. It's emotional and social intelligence. So again, that's being able to listen and speak with the emotional awareness. Critical thinking, which for me, in this context, including how all parties involved are impacted and affected, including self, starting with yourself. Uh, resilience, you know, the ability to reset and persevere day to day as we keep learning new ways and finding out new information about what's happening with this global pandemic. Uh, and then social responsibility. And how I use that in this context, that service to others, for example, I try to, to do more of the housework now. Usually, you know, that's something my mom would do or something that my sister would do while she's working. And my mom took care of me in my whole life, you know, all the way up until, you know, I left the house at 17. So now it's like, hey, let me wash the dishes. Let me make your plate. You know, being of service and being encouraging. So social responsibility, giving back, or how we say pay it forward. You know, I'll walk through the house and just affirm, use affirmation. Speak life into my sister. Speak life into my mother. Encourage you. Things like that. And these are very like practical, simple tools. And they and sometimes they may sound like, how would that really help? But I know something through my whole journey is that there is power in the tongue, right? Mm -hmm. Our words can either make or break. And we know that from if you've ever been in a relationship, or if you've ever been angry, or somebody's been angry at you. So really Really, really keeping in mind the things that we just say out loud and the things that we say to ourselves. Again, having that awareness around that, being mindful of that. No, I, I appreciate you sharing those, Arjuna, as we as we move forward. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what we can do with that, what we can do with those things and, and how we can implement those into practice while we're in quarantine. Okay, so then, you know, again, like I said, these tools apply to if you're alone 
or if you're with loved ones or if you're with a family. So we'll just bring mindful and awareness around and I'm just going to go down the bullet and then we'll break these down. Perfect. So we'll bring our awareness around our family dynamics, starting with the self. Habits and patterns that we've seen throughout our households, starting with yourself. Uh, attitudes, thinking patterns and mindset. Wants versus needs. The type of energy that you bring into the to the room or into the house. You know, the way you wake up, the things you may listen to, things that you're watching, um, how that affects you. Uh, your language, the music that you're listening to. Uh, something that I'm very, very uh, big on is, right now especially, is your social media engagement versus your social media consumption. For me, and I'll, I just want to touch that real quick because for me, I'm using my social media as engagement, as a way to spread more light, to spread more tools, to spread more practice and positive energy versus being on my social media watching conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory plays a major role in how you're going to show up within your household. It's going to play a major role how you're going to interact with your with your loved ones. Um, then there's your diet, your food. How are you eating? What times are you eating? When are you eating? How much are you eating? Sleep. Uh, movement. Exercise. And again, we're bringing mindfulness and awareness, which mindfulness is awareness. And my definition for that is the ability to leave the past and the future alone, right? Mm. So that means all you have is right now, yeah. in this moment. So, you know, um, your belief values, what are your triggers? Again, everything starts with self and then looking outside because we only have the power to change the way we respond to the things that happen outside of us. Exactly. It sounds very cliche, but it's so true. Looking at things that may play up, childhood, Traumas, childhood wounds, personal life story and experiences, finances. That's a huge one right now in the home. You know, the age, the different age brackets in your home, uh, gender, leadership in the home. You know, like I said, I'm the man of the house, but right now this isn't the time and place to exercise, you know, that masculine role. It's, we're all in this together. We all have to come together and work together to get through this. Yeah. And I think on that point, Arjuna, just to stop there, I think on that point too, it's really interesting too, is um, maybe the roles that families had for themselves or, or couples had for themselves prior to this maybe need to be adjusted. You know, um, you know, maybe, maybe the mom was doing most of the housework prior to COVID and, you know, now she's home, she's trying to homeschool, she's trying to work as well. And, you know, maybe those, I really see all of this as a really wonderful opportunity for us to revisit our old lives. Because we talk about our old lives like, oh, I can't wait to get back to normal. But did we really love what we had before? I mean, you know, I think this is a really amazing opportunity for us to redefine for ourselves personally, as well as the family dynamics of, hey, things need to shift during this time. We all need to pitch in. We all need to help out more. And then also, you know, talking about expectations moving forward of what that looks like. So I, I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, I think the family dynamics and the um, the leadership in the home, as you as you shared, it's all we're all in it together, in the same mode, and and things there are definite opportunities for things to shift. Is what I'm trying to say. No, no, and and you know that's that's a beautiful point because right now that's like the common status on everybody's social media handles. This is an opportunity to. Right. And that's triggering for some people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I want to bring awareness to that. Yeah. You know, I want to be mindful of that, that for some people, even with that being said, and it is a beautiful opportunity, it's triggering because some people aren't in the space or have the emotional capacity to even look at that right now. They're like, hey, I don't even have time to consider all that. I am still trying to figure out how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to get food for next week? You know, things of that nature. So. Again, 
no judgment, right? But Agreed. just bring all these tools or the things that I've shared thus far, we're just bringing the awareness to these concepts. Yep. It's up to you as the listener to see where you stand in that and see how and where you can address these concerns. And so moving forward, we have hormones, uh, size of the home, capacity. Some of us, you know, a quarantining, uh, it's six people in a two-bedroom home, one bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Someone else has to use the bathroom. Those types of things are going on. You have the weight. It can cause triggers. It can cause arguments. So, so I'm just really being practical about the situations that are actually happening within this home, you know, in my own home yeah. that I've taken note of. These are all the things that I, so everything I'm sharing, these are things that I've had to address. These are things that I have had to take into consideration and be mindful of. The neighborhood, the environment, where you live, you know, depending on where you stay. I'm blessed to be in a position where there's a huge backyard, there's trees around, there's birds. Some of us live in areas where there's cars, horns, honking. Sirens, helicopters, all those play a part on your nervous system Mm -hmm. and can trigger certain beliefs and thoughts, you know? Um, And I just want to put that into the space. Health conditions. Like I said, my mom doesn't have the best health conditions right now. So being extra sensitive to that, being more supportive and loving to to that space in her. Um, Limited accessibility to practical things. Like I said, the bathroom, the bedroom. Some of us are watching more Netflix now. How many devices? You know, not everybody wants to watch a documentary or whatever the case may be. Um, and then there's, I left these for last because these are like the very obvious fear. Uh, fear of the unknown. Fear of what's going to happen in my relationship. You know, and then just relationships with the world in general. You know, something that's been really on my radar is, wow, who do we really trust now? So when we all say, oh, I can't wait for things to go back to normal, well, have you thought about our leadership? Because <laughs> do we want that to go back to normal, depending on, you know, considering the circumstances that we're in? So really looking, using everything as a catalyst to really drop in with yourself and try to create the best version of you, a version of you that you always dreamed of, and never had the time and opportunity to actually do it. Now is that time. And the beautiful thing about everything that we've shared on this list, yes, we talked about it starting with self, but all these things, especially if you have kids, these are great opportunities to start teaching and sharing, making these actual family dialogues. These can be games. These, can, these things can be done in a very creative and fun way, you know, um, because a lot of these concepts and things that we talk about they don't teach our kids these things in school i agree you know? and this is the perfect time to to be that teacher or that example the role model for our little ones and our young loved ones so arjuna can you give us a couple of examples maybe um especially with kids of how we could take a couple of these things and and put them into practice and share them with our kids and make something fun out of it oh yeah you know so we have so if you have kids in the house, uh, one, washing dishes. And not just, it's not a, you know, not doing it from a chore perspective. You know, a fun way to interact with the kids where you maybe put more bubbles in the water. You know, you show your, your son or your daughter, you know, how to properly wash the bowls. But not so much about washing the bowl, but what does it feel like, son? What does it feel like, daughter? To have your hands, you know, submerged in the water. You know, um, what does it feel like to squeeze the bubbles or to squeeze the sponge? You know, these types of things bring more awareness around mm-hmm. the emotional intelligence. You know, and that's a great way for a parent to learn how their child sees the world, how their child is experiencing the world. Because to you, someone who's been washing dishes for the past 20, 30 years, it's a choice, like, oh, another thing to do around the house. So you connect with it totally different. But this is a great opportunity, and it's a very safe and fun way to learn how your child is experiencing the world. So now you have a better understanding, a better connection. Music, for example. 
you know, um, just to put this into the space, I'm a parent. And some of the music today, I don't, I don't approve, you know, but just because I don't approve, does it make it wrong that my child is listening to this music? Mm -hmm. You know, the reality is it's out there and it's accessible to them, especially with smartphones. So instead of me being upset with my son, let me gain a better insight, understanding of why my son finds this music appealing. Mm -hmm. What are you connecting with, son? What, what's happening for you? What's the thought process behind it? Oh, so this is how you experience the world. Hmm, because it's easy for us. And we're all challenged with this. It's easy to be in a relationship with someone or be in a family dynamic where when you say something, you assume that the person, the daughter, the husband, the wife, hears exactly what you're saying. Just because you said it. Oh, because I've been around you for five years. You should know what that means by now, honey. Or you should know what that means by now, son or daughter. But again, if you don't know where they are in their emotional space, you don't know what their days are like, what they're going through. You saying get up and go wash the dishes could sound like, you ever heard that response? Why are you yelling at me? You know, I hear that a lot. I'm like, oh, why'd you say it like that? And in your mind, you, you just gave a direct order. So depending on where the person is in their emotional and mental state, things land, sound totally different. I think in this environment in particular, you know, people's emotions are just very heightened. And so, you know, something that would have been probably okay two, three weeks ago, you know, it might be taken differently. And I think we all need to give each other more room emotionally, sometimes even physically. We need to just give each other, especially parents to children. You know, um, I have two teenage girls at home and they're more emotional than usual. And, you know, I'm not fighting with them about, I'm just giving them space to just feel their emotions because I know that they're going through a lot. And, you know, I, th I know parents are going through a lot, but we also need to really honor and recognize that our kids are going through a lot as well. You know, they're not able to see their friends. They don't have the freedom that they did. You know, they're experiencing fear and concern as well. And so we just need to give them, we need to give them um, some space and room emotionally as well. And I, I love what you said just about, you know, in general, this topic of being more mindful and aware. I know, um, I think we were day two into quarantine and my youngest daughter, Bailey, was home from school. She was doing online schooling. And we opened up the back door and, you know, typically we're in a rush and we're, you know, trying to get you know, out the door for school and everything else that's going on. And I opened up the back door and there were a whole bunch of birds chirping outside. And we both sat there together because she was standing next to me. And she goes, wow, mom, I never realized we had so many birds in our neighborhood. And listen to them chirping. And we just have really been enjoying that. And we've been going on walks and we've been noticing just nature has been such a huge piece of my grounding. And I think the kids grounding as well during this time, you know, just noticing blossoms on trees and Knowing that, the, you know, noticing the vibrant colors of the roses as we're walking along on our walks. And those are things I probably, honestly, typically wouldn't have noticed before. Yeah. And, and, and that's a beautiful awareness to have because especially, you know, before, uh, prior to COVID, right, we were dealing with the whole global warming, you know, um, and today, a lot of our, our, our children don't, don't even know what that means, have no real awareness of what global warming is because of technology, because of phones, games. And I, me personally, grew up on National Geographic. And so I've been sharing that, that wonder with mom and sis, where we'll watch together. And now, you know, it's become a thing where my sister's Oh man, she's related to come in and watch, you know, these exotic animals from different parts of the world and how they're all connected with the, the trees and the birds and things like that. So when you, when we talk about how to use some of these opportunities as a family narrative, you know, this is a great time, especially if you're in your home, right? Stuck in your home, 
Well, you get to leave your home vicariously through the screen of being in other countries, looking at land, looking at water, water healing, uh, trees are grounding, the sky is, is healing, like all these different natural concepts add value to the nervous system and that we're all connected. And it, on a cellular level, it does something that you may not even be aware of. And so, again, everything that we've shared, I would just in, invite anyone listening to look at however the house is being operated. How can you just stood back and observe everything that's happening in the house? How can you look at this and say, hey, as a family, let's make all this fun. How can we turn this into a game? How can we, you know, if technology, devices, phones, tablets, if those are things that are being used in this space, instead of just looking and scrolling on Instagram or watching conspiracy theories, this is an opportunity to go to YouTube. You guys can play games. Who can find a video with tropical birds? Who can, you know, look for ways that you can use the technology to add value, to educate yourself, and then turn it into a trivia. Ask questions. Well, what did you notice? You know, something that I used to use in the schools. Before I would do the meditation practice, I would play a video of birds. Oh, no, I wouldn't even be the birds. It would, I would play a video of the rainforest. Mm. And then I would ask the kids to just use their mindful listening ears and write down all the sounds that they heard. You know, some of the kids wrote down sounds that I don't know where they heard that in the rainforest, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it let me see, though. It, it, it gave me access into their world. What, what are they perceiving? Exactly. You know, so there's so many wonderful things that can come out of the experience if we are able to get out of our own way first yeah. and then see the opportunities. And so the next piece would be the actual tools and practices where I can give, you know, direct tools and practices. If you still struggle with, oh, I don't know how to turn what's happening into my, you know, in my house right now into an actual family dynamic. Right. For some of us, it could be complete chaos and <laughs> that could be very challenging. And I get it. So with that awareness, things that I'm using in my home that have been great for tools and practices and activities, books and literature, poems, you know, for a guy, I, I wasn't into reading novels or, you know, those romantic novels. I'm trying something different, you know, a chapter every other day. Um, looking at reading more poetry, just sitting with it now, how poetry sounds and feels when I read it. Activities that, that, that bring you back into your heart center, that remind you of why it's so amazing to be a human being, why, why it's okay to actually feel. And those types of activities are like cooking. You know, you look through history through all cultures, cooking and music are two of the most family-oriented dynamics mm -hmm. across the board. So cooking together, learning and trying to cook things that you don't normally cook. So now everybody's a student, right? Everybody's on the same page. So there's yep. no head honcho and we're learning together. Games, art, you know, again, documentaries or laughing, storytelling, jokes, reminiscing on moments back when the whole family was having a blast and so-and-so was laughing so hard that the milk came out of her <laughs> nose or, you know, just finding ways to really put smiles on our faces because they say a smile is the doorway to the heart. So finding opportunities to just put smiles on each other's faces. I completely uh, agree with you on that. And, and you know, it's funny. Um, I haven't done a puzzle with the kids since they were probably five or six. And uh, we actually just broke out puzzles the other night. I can't tell you the last time I sat down and did a puzzle. I also can't tell you the last time I cooked <laughs> before COVID. I'm not, I'm not a good, I'm not only don't like to cook, but I also am not a very good cook. So um, I've actually been cooking nonstop. And so that's been interesting and good too. We've been eating healthier, which is good. So Right. And, and, and guess what? Guess what? With that, though, Nathan, you get to rewrite that whole narrative about not being a good cook. I totally right? agree. You, you, I've made some pretty good meals. <laughs> I've made yeah. some pretty good meals. Yeah. That's and so, funny. you know, again, looking at ways 
And so when you're doing that puzzle, right, when you're doing this puzzle, not only are you just doing a puzzle and you're interacting with your, your, your daughters and your family, but you get to sit with you while you're doing the puzzle. So now you're not just stuck in your thoughts. You're not just stuck trying to observe yourself. So when the work that I do, like I, I work in a lot of uh, marginalized and underserved communities mm-hmm. and trauma is high, right? But, and so when you deal with trauma, there, when you're trained, there's a a space that you want to get your client, and it's called the resiliency zone, where you don't deal with the challenges when someone's emotionally unstable or emotionally reactive, and you don't deal with them when they're just wiped out and exhausted. So you create an experience that allows you to be neutral. So playing with puzzles, you may not be super excited. But you're not in a space where you're super low either. And it's a, and it's a neutral place where all the attention and focus isn't on the trauma. And so, but you're present. So again, looking at ways that you can actually talk about challenging. And I'll talk about that once I go through this list, but looking at ways where you can actually deal with, like for me, I'm dealing with a lot of my childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you how I'm using that specifically. Uh, I, I just want to finish a few more of these on this list. So then, we have, if you're feeling helpless, right? I just, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Well, they say, be helpful. So if you're feeling helpless, be helpful. And what I mean by that is, if you feel like you don't know what to do, what can you do in the house where you can help someone? If it's just as simple as, I'll go get the clothes out of the dryer and fold them up. It literally will shift the mindset. Just something that's, oh, I'll take out the trash. Um, so just being of service. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, a very strong practice that I have daily, meditation and yoga and exercise. You know, 50 push-ups, 50 jumping jacks, 50 sit-ups. Affirmations. You know, there are so many ways you can use, you know, your technology now. Go on YouTube. You know, I am reading the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She has some of the most amazing affirmations. I'll just click on a video. And just let it play in the background. Mm-hmm. And while I'm doing different things, or I'm writing, or just sitting, I'll just repeat these affirmations back. Put sticky notes up. I have affirmation sticky notes from the headboard all the way to the bathroom, down the <laughs> hallway. You know, for, and it could just be something as simple as, hey, you're handsome. You know, oh, I like your smile. Writing notes to myself that just takes me out of yep. the pandemic, you know, frenzy. Journaling. You know, and it doesn't have to be something super deep. I know when we hear journaling, you think, oh, I got to write my whole life story. No, just it could be a paragraph of just how you feel in that moment. And then go do something that elevates, you know, your mindset or something that gets the heart rate up, that opens you up from breathing and then come back maybe an hour or two later and then journal again. And just notice how you're shifting. Just being able to notice you and really get to understand you. These are powerful tools to, to be more self-aware. Um, creative writing, singing and dancing, playing oldie but goodies. You know, if, hey, you know, one of the things that we're doing with mom is, hey, mom, what was the music that you grew up listening to? Oh, that's fun. You know, yep. Up some of the oldies and then she lights up. Now she's lighting up because she's like, oh, it reminds her of the fun times of her childhood. I mean, she gets to share that with, you know, with me and my sister. Um, for me, I got one on here called mirror work. Mirror work can be challenging for some. But it depends on how you approach it. So before I even walk in front of the mirror, I put a smile on my face and then step in front of the mirror. And I just crack myself up, you know, and then I'll start saying nice things to myself. Um, <laughs> you know, if you have a diffuser, essential oils, you know, um, there's so much benefit to aromatherapy. I have a Himalayan salt lamp. If you're not familiar with that, it's the you've probably seen them in yoga studios or you can google it himalayan salt lamp so what it does is you plug this lamp up and it emits these negative ions that pulls all the toxicity and stagnant energy that's in the home out sound machine if you don't own a sound machine you can go on again use youtube water calming sounds that you just play those in the background birds have those things playing in the background changes the whole vibration for me one of my favorites word search I can zone out and do word search for hours. And before you realize, hey, half the day's gone. I've, I've gotten, you know, 
depending on what your role is in the house, that could be beneficial or may not. <laughs> um, Good point. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of activities that you don't need devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, another thing is we're very mindful of because my sister goes to work in the medical field. We have a set time as a family where we actually allow ourselves to update and educate ourselves on what's happening with the COVID virus, not throughout the whole day. We pick a time. Yeah. We're all in on it. We ask each other questions, how do we feel about it? We check in and then, you know, we find a way to just, okay, well, this is where we are. This is where the world's saying we are. And then where are we at as a family in the home? How are we going to deal with this? How do we feel we should move forward? And then from there, um, and then just maintaining a balanced energy in the house. And some of those things that I listed above help do that. And then another thing, scented candles. You don't have a diffuser. Some of us have uh, candles that, you know, um, are scented. Just very simple but practical things that really can change the whole dynamic. And then the one last thing I wanted to share is because my sister has this property, I built her this 24 by 24 garden box. And so what we've been doing as a family, everybody's out with their hands in the soil, which is nurturing to the nervous system. It, it, it's a way to just connect ground to yourself. And then we discuss things that are more challenging. Instead of doing it indoors in a small, tight space, we go outside and we talk about the family narratives and the traumas while we're gardening. Just It just shifts the whole dynamic. You've got the birds chirping and the wind blowing and the sunlight. So it doesn't feel so traumatic. I love that idea. That's great. I, I love, you know, taking the conversation out where you're, you know, doing something together and working together and and also grounded by nature. I think that's fantastic. Arjuna, yeah. you you definitely are the mindful expert and the mindfulness expert and the mindfulness coach. And I love all I love everything that you've shared with everyone, you know, really about first of all the breathing exercise. And then really all the things that you shared with everyone about really, um, you know, the four factors, the emotional and social intelligence, critical thinking, resilience, and social responsibility to think about as an individual as well as a household. And then you gave us a really comprehensive list of things to be mindful and aware of. And then you really followed it up by just tools and practices and activities. And, you know, I know everything you shared was wonderful and awesome. I know some overachievers can feel overwhelmed thinking, oh, I have to do, you know, the 30 things that Arjuna listed on his list. And, you know, even if people just did one of these, you know, even if you just journaled or even if you just took a walk, you know, you don't have to do all of these things. I just want to point out that you know, you mentioned all of these different ideas because they're going to resonate with people differently. And so they can pick one, they can pick two, five, but these are just really, just a really um, uh, very tactical way of giving some ideas of how people can be more mindful and get through this quarantine um, together and more sanely (laughs) And yeah. more peacefully, you know, both in w- with themselves as well as with the people that they're quarantined with. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I did for, for mom and sis is I ordered a few pounds of lavender with it's mixed in the Epsom salt. Um, you know, I know how, uh, you know, women love baths. So I've created more space for mom and sis to take more baths throughout the day while I handle more of the chores. So for all of... Um, the women listening, you know, get in the tub. Hot baths, from what I've been told from mom and sis, have been essential to calming and just more relaxation. Me, personally, I'm a cold shower type person. I like cold showers. That's what gets me sure. uh, out, of my, out of my mind. Yeah, and I love that. You know, it's just what works for one person maybe doesn't work for another person. But, but you know, just finding what works for you and giving yourself time and space and energy to really figure it out and maybe test some of these things and try them out. And maybe people hadn't thought of them before. So Arjuna, I really, really wanted to thank you so much for sharing all of this great information with my audience. Uh-huh. I'm super grateful. Um, any last words of wisdom before we, um, before we wrap up today? 
Yeah, you, you said something that, that, that really stood out and it's, and it's very important. Um, people can hear all of this information and just be overwhelmed, you know, with this list and not know where to start. I'll just say this, you know, you can take five of these practices or 10 of them, put them on a piece of paper and then open it up, family vote and start there. So, and just to leave with anyone listening, um, there is something that happens when you put your hand on your heart and you close your eyes and you really connect with the beat of your heart. That's something that I used over the past 20 years when I didn't, because according to the medical reports, I'm not supposed to be here or wasn't supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that my hand, that my heartbeat still hits the back of my hand, it gives me unspoken inspiration and courage that things are going to be okay. And sometimes it's not words. You know, a lot of times we're looking for people to say the right thing. But there's something that your, your, your heart can tell you. And it reminds you that there's something far bigger and greater than just our everyday circumstances, our trials, our tribulations, our emotions, our feelings. So I just encourage anyone, if you just feel overwhelmed with all of this, the one thing I'll ask you to do or invite you to do is find somewhere where you can just take a seat and just put your hand on your heart because that heart is showing up regardless of whatever you're going through, regardless of whatever your story is, whatever's happening in this world right now, that heart is still showing up, beating, pushing life through you. Let that be your inspiration. If the heart can do it through all the traumas in the field, then you can do it too. Oh, Arjuna, that's so beautiful. I'm literally sitting here with my hand on my heart, and I have the most gratitude for you. I'm so thankful. You are one of my favorite humans, and I appreciate all the wisdom that you shared today and the love and the generosity that you have. And I can't wait for you to share your story and the work that you're doing in your community with my audience next week. So I look forward to really diving deep into that with you and talking about really the essence of that being mindset and how powerful mindset is. So I'm a, I'm super grateful. Thank you for your time today. And I just want everyone to know, I will put your Instagram handle in the, in the show notes. And also, I also wanted people to know that you have a mind elevation four-week course. If people loved what they heard today, they can reach out to you in the show notes. Your information and your contact information will be there and they can reach out to you to learn more. So thanks for being here today, Arjun. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Natalie. And thank you all for listening. And just remember, you're amazing. You're beautiful. And we've got this because you've got this. That's it. Those are great closing words. Thanks again, Arjun. I appreciate it. Have a great night. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.